Hey everybody, it's your old friend John DeLuna with another awesome, awesome even, RFC minicast. Join me this week, Diecast and Melvar. How are you two gentlemen? Excellent. Pretty good. Awesome. I'll take pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good myself. And um, guys, this week, the three of us are going to discuss Transformers Devastation, which is the new, newish game that has come out um, this fall for seemingly every console. You got uh, Xbox One, PS4, 3, and Xbox 360. It's made by Platinum Games, published by Activision. Um, real quick before we dive into the discussion, in case you've been living under a rock and uh, you're listening to a Transformers podcast for the first time, let me tell you real quickly what Devastation is. It's basically an action game hack and slash, um, 3D, um, cell-shaded, G1-style uh, game made by Platinum Games, like I said, and Platinum Games is known for like its action genre stuff. Um, that's kind of what they do. Um, Transformers Devastation is really kind of notable for like getting the band back together maybe one last time. So there's Peter Cullen, Dan Gilvezan, Michael Bell, Greg Berger, Frank Welker. Um, Vince DiCola did the uh, music. Good Lord. And uh, it is a, kind of a love letter to the G1 cartoon. Um, like I said, it's hack and slash. Um, before we give our reviews and kind of go around the uh, table on our thoughts on it, just so you guys know, the Metacritic score is about a 77 out of 100. So average is basically the um, consensus around the internet. And basically, I, I, when I was reading the feedback, everybody, uh, all the critics have kind of had the same the same overarching opinion. The generalization on the game is basically it's for fans, by fans. And if you're not a fan, there's not a lot of meat on this bone. Uh, with that said, though, you got three mega Transformer fans here. So let's get into it. Um, well, first of all, guys, um, I think we all have the PS4 version. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So that's uh, so we're we're on next gen, uh, and uh, we're all playing on PS4, which is basically identical to the Xbox One. So that's not really an issue. But um, we're playing the game in its full glory. Uh, Diecast. I'm going to start with you. What were um, what were your impressions going in, and then what were your kind of first impressions once you actually like got into the game? Well, I guess I, I guess. Uh... With this game, it seems like there's a lot of training because it seemed like I was, you know, I'll say a quarter away into the game before it really dropped you into the real game mm-hmm. because it was very, like, linear. Like, it, it told you, it kind of showed you easily where you were supposed to go. And then I got to a part in the game where I'm like, I'm, this must be the real game. I'm lost. I don't know where to go. It, it all seems the same, and I'm just driving around in circles and by that time, that's when I actually figured out how to stream it live to YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I'm like driving around. I'm like, God, this must be the most boring thing if people are turning, tuning in live because I'm just driving in circles. There's nothing to do. I can't find the right way to go. Camera angles have been kind of a criticism, too, of the game. I've noticed a lot in reviews that people um, have kind of criticized the uh, the way the camera works. I didn't have too much of a problem with that, but I know what you're saying with the um, – well, one of the things with the game is like the um, – the levels are very um, not generic, but they're 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 just kind of samey. It's so it's kind of like running around a dorm room where like all the halls look exactly the same, all the doors look exactly the same. It's really easy. There's not a ton of landmarks once you kind of get into the thick of it, you know. Yeah, and and it's like you're in the same space, so you you have a boss battle, and then you know the boss 
goes away or you defeat the boss and then you're exactly where you were fighting the boss and now it's like you have to go to the next location in that same area Mm -hmm. and you have to it doesn't tell you what location to go to so you just kind of happen to have to fall upon it and then go to the next boss location which you could have been at 10 times but it wasn't in the right sequence right because you have to fight this boss and this boss so that seemed really confusing it's like well i was already down there and i didn't realize well i have to go back there for the next boss and then maybe another boss is in a place i've already been to so it was kind of like that's how i kind of got lost and i was driving around for a while and finally i think i figured it out but that was all on the first or second day and because of New York Comic Con, I haven't gotten a chance to play it again. Mm-hmm. But apparently there's a lot more game that I haven't even got into. Like, I think I got into fighting Devastator for the second, second time. Second time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've gone a little bit past that. So I don't really have a good feel for, like, what percent of the game we've played. But I've definitely gotten past the second Devastator fight. Uh, Melvar, what, uh, what were your impressions of the game, um based on what you've played so far. Um, you guys have both gotten farther than I have. Um, I, I enjoyed the game. Like, I I really love picking Seekers out of the sky with my rifle. That's just so much fun, I can't stand it. But other than that, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of depth to the story, and the backgrounds are very repetitive. It's very easy to uh, to end up going in the same through the same areas twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is definitely, um, I think, a big uh, flaw in the game is just the the repetition, not only of the uh, backgrounds, but repetition also, like, kind of in gameplay. I would say the combo system is the, a little The combo light. system is very shallow. Yes. Very, very shallow. Yeah, there's not, and there's not a real, and because of that, um, it gets old pretty fast. Yeah, if you like button mashers, you'll be happy. Yeah, that's pretty much, I mean, it feels very much like a, an old school kind of arcade um combo system button mashing and kind of based on uh, like a five minute lifetime of your game like like playing it for five minutes and then going on to the next uh the next game the next cabinet it's um it's really kind of hard to keep your attention span especially when everybody more or less every character has the same they have the same combo system and the same move set they just cosmetically look different um yeah, sideswipe just does it with swords yeah yeah but it's the same exactly but it's the same it's same move set it's yes. just all cosmetics that that is kind of frustrating to me like that was their opportunity to really mix it up yeah the uh the camera the camera movement got to me too it's very herky-jerky mm-hmm. and uh the movement is frantic fast and all over the place and when you put those two things together it gave me a headache after about the first hour yeah i think the camera like tends to it really wants to zoom in a little too tight kind of by default like once the action kind of heats up um things get so tight that it's hard to tell like what exactly is going on because the camera the camera wants to like zoom right into where you are and that gets disorienting disorienting so um so let's kind of shift to looking at it through the eyes of superfans. Um, this game is initially pretty short on uh, roster uh, selection, the character selection. So you've got Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Sideswipe, uh, Wheeljack, and Grimlock. Uh, did you guys um, did you guys feel like this was a, a good kind of opening roster? Was this did this kind of hit hit your nostalgia 
uh, bone, so to speak, your nostalgia funny bone. Did you go crazy in your nostalgia pants for Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Sideswipe, Wheeljack, and Grimlock, or Diecast? Did you want to see them go a little more obscure on at least a couple of these guys? I just like, I would have liked a little bit more, you know, characters. I mean, right now, to the point I'm at, I haven't even seen Wheeljack or um, Grimlock other than them running around. I haven't got to play as them. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, it's three characters so far. And, you know, I would have liked Ironhide. I, I would have liked, you know, maybe a. Um, like a 240SX, one of the, maybe Prowl or something. I mean, give me, give me eight or ten of the you know the base G1 characters. Mm-hmm. Even a little 1986 here and there wouldn't be bad. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know. and I realize they're trying to trying to you know kind of push this game to tie in with generations also, so mm-hmm. that you know obviously Devastator. That's generations Devastator. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of different elements they kind of merge together in this game, and I understand why they did that is because Devastator was supposed, you know, a hot item right now. So it was a little mistimed when it came to that. Um, yeah, which is interesting now that you say that. Like I honestly, it, it's it was so kind of mistimed that uh, I f- I forgot that that was supposed to be kind of a connection. Yeah, yeah, and. I just keep thinking about the statement you first made that, you know, if you're not a Transformers fan, would you want to play this game? And I think it's an okay game, so I agree with the critics. I don't think it's a bad game, but I yeah, do. Think I, I it agree with a lot with, aver- with an average rating. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I keep thinking like, I want to play the game because I want to get to the next boss. I want to see who else is in the game. And if I wasn't a Transformers game fan. I probably wouldn't even care. So, uh, so Melvar, I want to ask your opinion on, on, on this aspect of the game, which is arguably the one play mechanic that makes it a Transformers game, and that's the transforming. And over the years in Transformers games, transforming has been done. Um, it's been done well in some places. It's been kind of done as an arbitrary kind of obligatory thing in, in other games. In Transformers Devastation, it's basically used to move you around faster, around the map faster, but it's also kind of incorporated as combo finishers and some uh, some special moves. What do you think of their incorporation of the transforming gimmick into the gameplay? Is it satisfying or does it not quite work for you? I was not really satisfied with it. It, it felt more like as a shoehorned-in afterthought in a lot of places, like... Uh having to get up to speed and then automatically transform back and punch to, to open doors. Ah, uh, yes. Or to break uh, armor. Yeah. To, yeah. To open gates. Uh, it, it feels tacked on more often than not. And, uh, uh, there was a part with sideswipe jumping rooftop to rooftop. You want to talk about, I mean, that, that was one of the places where the camera angles was just driving me insane. Mm-hmm. You just, there was, it was so hard to control which direction you were going. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, I, I totally agree. Now let's talk about um, let's talk about the just kind of overall nostalgia. The voice cast I mentioned earlier is as G one as probably possible in two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. Whenever they recorded this, um, diecast. What do you think of uh, of the voice cast they assembled and, and 
did that in particular uh, come across as a big plus? Do you think? Do you think that was like up to the hype? Did that really put this game from a nostalgia, from a nostalgia kind of point of view? Did that put it on like another level for you? What do you think of using all these guys again? I mean, I appreciate it, and I think if it wasn't there, it was something. It would be something that we as Transformers fans would complain about. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Frank Welker, which kind of shocked me. Because that Megatron did not sound like the G1 Megatron that I remember. So obviously maybe that's a little bit harder for him to do now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I Or I don't know if it was something in the editing or something. It just... Like, Optimus Prime was, was obviously, you know, Peter Cullen. I mean, he he's sounded the same forever. But the... I, I don't know. Like you, you were actually at the Frank Welker panel at Bakhan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, does he does he still sound like the exact G one Megatron, or is there something different going on? Because do you understand what I mean in the game? It kind of yeah, didn't... I do. Absolutely, okay. absolutely, I do. I think um, I want to say he he I want to say he briefly said a couple of lines at the Hall of Fame dinner in in full Megatron voice during his acceptance speech. Um, otherwise, he. Uh, you know, he sounds like Frank Welker, uh, but uh, he is, I think he is capable of doing a much closer G1 Megatron than what we got in the game. I think that has to do, honestly, with like post-production. I think they didn't... Some of the filters they used yeah, over his voice. Yeah, I think they didn't quite get it um, right on the nose because I think he can't, he can get closer. I, I mean, like, obviously he's not going to be able to like hit it. And I think just the fidelity of hearing like in stereo with a modern recording hearing Frank Welker do Megatron probably makes it different. Like, you know what I mean? Like that alone makes it sound different to us. So, um, I, I think it's, I think you can say it was something in post where they didn't just get it quite right. I would like to like point out too, like I wasn't, I wasn't 100% thrilled with Cullen as G1 prime. I, I know you have, um, a higher opinion than say like Brian Kilby was pretty down on, on his, uh, on his G1 Prime in this day and age. Um, Melvar, what did you think of Cullen as Prime in this game? I do not have nearly the problem with it uh, Brian Kilby has. <laughs> I mean, I think he sounds... I think he sounds pretty good. Uh, it is... It does have a lot with the lines they give him to read. Mm, good point. That's why he doesn't sound as much like G1 Optimus Prime. Yeah, what do you think... What do you think is, uh, is going on there? Because I think... I think we've heard quite a bit of that kind of this stilted writing that you're kind of referring to. We've heard that in more than one place. So what do you think's up with that? I I think they've forgotten that basically G1 Optimus Prime was kind of a cowboy. Mm -hmm. And uh, now they're going more the elder statesman route. Yeah, you know, now that you you say that, uh, the G1 did, he almost had a southern draw at, at points. He was definitely doing a John Wayne back in the day. Yeah. He's definitely not doing that now. Do you think that now? Do you think that some of that is like bleed through from the the way movie Absolutely. Optimus Prime? Absolutely. Yeah, because that is kind of the way he talks, right? Very, very stilted, stop and go, and kind of preachy. Yeah, very preachy. Yes, even one, Prime was that way. So I think that's maybe why I'm so used to it. Mm-hmm. Is Transformers Prime was very preachy the whole time. That's fair. I mean, it's fair. It's been a long, frankly, it's been a long time since we've had a, a G1 style Cullen. Um, but when you're in the middle of like a G1 game that exists to be a G1 game, 
it's very and like you're noticeable. Prime writing, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, exactly. It, it kind of comes across as odd. I did think that Dan Gilvezen was um, a really good Bumblebee. He kind of slid right back into that role, so I really did enjoy him. What did you guys think of him? I don't remember too many of his lines. Uh, he sounded like Bumblebee. Yeah, it sounded sounded good. Yeah, I, I well, I enjoyed him. I think I think that that kind of is. Um, uh, kind of helping me make my point that he wasn't you didn't notice him kind of, you know what i mean like like it was like oh it's a good bumblebee he kind of you know he kind of does his thing it's not something that kind of sticks in your brain as um as negative certainly even even if not a positive it doesn't stick in your head it's like something was off with him so i thought i thought he hit it he hit it pretty well um so the pre-order had some incentives uh and they were basically character skins nemesis prime red alert goldfire We'll probably get those down the road as DLC. Um, if we get any more DLC, and I know they've said there's none planned right now, but if the game sells well enough, they're going to plan some DLC. Uh, what do you think they need to offer with this? Uh, uh, what do you think they need to offer to kind of beef up the game and kind of renew your interest in it or, or, or make you maybe reconsider this game as more of a fully fleshed out idea. Uh, Melvar, I'll start with you. What do you think they need to offer for DLC to help the game? If you've already got Peter Cullen on board, I want Ironhide. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Just as a, an additional character. Is that now? Why is that? Is that just because uh, you think he's like, given the cast, do you think he really belongs in this? Uh, some of the cast didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I know you mm. asked Diecast about this earlier. But, oh yeah. Uh, no, I please. wanted to get, yeah, I wanted to get my thoughts in on it. Sure. Um, I am an unapologetic Wheeljack fan. I always have been. Mm-hmm. But for a a brawler fighting game, Wheeljack and Bumblebee as characters did not make a whole lot of sense to me. I I sat there wondering where Ironhide, Jazz, and Cliffjumper were. Jazz and uh, yeah, Cliffjumper's really like an obvious. Like if we're gonna reskin these guys, Cliffjumper's a really obvious. Yeah, one to put in there. You, I I totally agree. And Jazz is um, missing, just like in the masterpiece line. He's he's missing. What happened to Jazz? We all forgot Jazz existed. Um, hey, Diecast, what do you think as far as like DLC? Like, what do you think they need to offer? Is it more characters? Is it some kind of like gameplay deepening? What do you think? I would want to see them deepen the gameplay with the characters. So maybe mm-hmm. you know add Ironhide and give him different moves and give him more combos and make him I don't want to say like Mortal Kombat esque but just you know what I mean with the with the combo moves that, oh, yeah, that sure. they could do yeah, maybe not variation. to that extent but sure. just give us more and maybe somehow add more on to the additional characters that we have and I, I think that's a far stretch I don't think they would ever do that because if they had more combinations available. We would have got that in the beginning part of the game, uh, but that's one thing I would really want. And the yeah, other that, thing we that didn't sounds even... more like a sequel than a downloadable content. Yeah, and the other thing we didn't even really talk about, and I don't know if it's because I'm not too far into the game, the weapon system and that whole arc layout is kind of confusing to me. I still haven't figured out how to change my weapons. Yeah, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do, and apparently there's a weapon upgrade in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, nothing, nothing about this game is like, okay, we, you know, I have a hundred points. I can upgrade this gun for seventy points, and I can have, you know, thirty left over. And the next level upgrade is another, you know, fifty points for that gun. 
I'm kind of, I don't know what to do. (laughs) And I haven't needed any additional weapons so far, so... I think that's a really good point that what you just said is that there's not a need to like, there's not like an obvious need to craft weapons and level up. Um, that's the biggest problem. And then I, I also agree with you that the, um, the interface, the graphic interface, when it comes to um, leveling up your weaponry is not intuitive. It, it's pretty hard to read initially and to kind of understand like the menu system so that combined with the fact that you don't feel like you have to do it and the game doesn't make it obvious that like you know you have to like do this to progress kind of makes it um i, I just kind of kind of like it feels unfinished the 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 crafting and the leveling of weapons definitely feels unfinished i i would hope that if they did a dlc kind of patch that along with um along with new characters or new maps or anything like that that they would also tweak some of the graphic interfaces because they're not they're not in, in intuitive to, to yeah, somebody. The arc you almost find by accident, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like I think the instructions were way too long on the game. That's why I actually thought I was an actual gameplay where, okay, you go to a main character and then they're gonna set you somewhere else and then you're gonna go on from there, like when was the instruction done was it after we fought uh devastator for the first time or mm-hmm. after you fought you know like like when does the game actually start and the instructions end because the beginning part of the game didn't feel like this was an instructional period no it didn't it, it really could have used um it could have used something like uh, just a, even like an opening cutscene where Teletran once says, uh, "Okay, we're gonna do some training right now." You know, yeah, just something, some kind of visual cue, just to know you like to know like this doesn't count, so to speak. Like the next like twenty minutes or twenty five minutes doesn't count. You're learning. I totally agree with that. Um, it was too blurred the lines between training and actual um, story. Um, so, guys, actually to wrap it up, bottom line. Um, I would I would recommend this game except for there's one problem. It's the price. It's fifty dollars on Amazon, give or take. Uh, go to tfradio.net slash Amazon and buy it if you will. But buy it at your own buyer beware, I would say, because uh, for, at fifty bucks it doesn't feel like fifty dollars worth of content for me. But if your heart is set on playing a G1 video game. This is certainly that, so I'm not going to stop you from buying it. Uh, Diecast, what is your um, what is your verdict on the game? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Do you endorse a purchase? What do you think? I don't know. I get. I guess I'm kind of uh, going the other way on this um, as far as the price point mm-hmm. because I don't feel like it's a sixty dollar game, and that's what most games come out at now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, maybe fifty dollars is the right price point for this as a new game, and then you know, in a couple months, it's going to drop down to thirty or you know, twenty five maybe, and at that, I think it's a good value. Uh, fifty is a to me that was a fair price for it being a brand new game. Mm. It's not a $60 game, that's for sure. So I think they definitely did price this right. Although, for because everyone's used to a $60 game, I think that's going to make a lot of people who aren't Transformers fans stop and pause and be like, why did this game just come out and it's only $50? Mm. There must be something wrong with it. Interesting. Novar, what do you think? 
I love the way the game looks. I, I love the G1 aesthetic. I am that guy on the podcast. That, Indeed. That, that is me. I, I am not crazy about the controls. I I would much rather go back and play Fall of Cybertron. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with you. I don't feel that this is a $50 game. Uh, it's fun, but the the price tag's a bit too high for what we get. Yeah, and I, I would totally agree with you, Diecast. I, I do think, like, 30 to 40 honestly for me like like I, to me it feels like it's a 29.99 dollar download yes. only game i would have been like totally on board with that thinking like yeah you know that's yeah sure i get it download only um digital copy only 30 bucks i dig it even then i would actually be uh, on board maybe too strong but i would understand like a five dollar or ten dollar dlc pack that you could buy that had a bunch of skins in it something like that which would bump it to a forty dollar game basically if you wanted the whole game so i'd be okay with that but uh but i think that's a really interesting point of view that the um that the off price could be a detriment uh to some people that's interesting so um i guess guys what we're saying is um you better love Transformers and you better love G1 before you buy Transformers Devastation because that really is, I think, the, um, the obviously not only the primary reason they created it, but obviously once they were done with the game, it's the, it, it's the thing. It's, 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 the thing that, it's the thing that drives this train. So there's not much uh, beyond the, the G1 nostalgia stuff once you get into the game. Indeed, there's um, you know not a ton of game there. But uh, if, you're, if you're a diehard G1 guy... I like we, me. Yes, like Malvar. And like us to some degree. I mean, good Lord, we're on Transformers Podcast right oh, now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it, is, it is a fun ride um, in certain ways. So, you know, yeah, I, I it up. Wanted a, I have wanted a G1 game all my life, but this is not quite the one I wanted. Not quite. But points for trying. I, I would love to yes. see what a sequel I'd looks like, to, like. Yes, I would love to see a sequel. And with the ability to play as Decepticons. But. Yeah. And multiplayer. Multiplayer, yes. more than one player. Come on, guys. One player game. Again, $30 DLC game. That's what it feels like to me. Are anyway. we going to have a multiplayer on this game? Because there was something on the screen when I first turned it on and I clicked on it and mm-hmm. it said, this is not available at this time. I hope that's like part of the DLC or a patch, basically. Because uh, a game like this is made for that. right now and it says one player. Yeah, it's definitely, it was definitely built and released initially as a one player game. I hope... I hope they change that through a patch or something like that. I hope they revise that. Or, honestly, if that's like what drives a sequel, that's fine. Because I think making it a multiplayer game would make it tons more fun. And you're right, Melvar. We need to be able to play as Decepticons. Come on. Yeah. Um, so, guys, thank you for joining me uh, this week on the podcast. It's always a pleasure, Diecast. Melvar, it's always a pleasure to have you guys on. Thanks for thank having you. us along. I, yeah, I appreciate it. Hey, before we go, I'm going to beg and plead for your shekels, your coins, your bread, your moolah, your dinero. And I'm going to tell you guys listening, you find beautiful, sexy listeners, um, to go to tfradio.net. Click the Amazon link and do your Amazon shopping as normal. You don't have to buy anything extra or anything different, but when you check out, after going to tfradio.net, clicking the Amazon link, uh, when you check out, some nickels and dimes go into Brian Kilby's pocket. He uses those to keep the podcasts going, flowing, and free. Everybody likes free. 
And we like that you are listening now and would encourage you to do so more in the future. So uh, until the next minicast, this is John from Melvar and Diecast. We will see you guys around. Music provided by bensound.com.